Welcome back to the Sunday Rose. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, how are your heads? Guys, what's going on? Oh my God. Oh my God. Two shows sold out. I am beyond grateful. I'm going to try and keep this quick. I'm going to try and keep this brief so the gushing isn't over the top. But I'm absolutely floored. I cannot believe it. The first show sold out in eight minutes. I got it wrong. It's actually eight minutes, not nine minutes. Not that it makes that much of a difference. I keep telling my girlfriend. But eight minutes. Oh, my word. Thank you so much to everybody who got tickets for the live shows. The second date on Sunday, or on Saturday, rather, sold out. Thank you so much. I I just can't believe it. I genuinely can't believe it. The last 12 months have been very extraordinarily dog shit as far as I'm concerned in my delivery and content and output and all of the rest. So I appreciate you staying with me. I appreciate the support and I'm absolutely overwhelmed with gratitude. And the reality is I have to do the live shows. I just have to do it. If anything, for my sanity, you know? The pandemic has lasted longer than too long and I'm tired of experiencing a sort of deals version of happiness from one week to the next. Waiting for normality to resume and living to feel like it did two years ago is redundant. Life as we know it is not the same. One must intervene with reality and try and do what you can to be happy. So I'm going for it. I'm facing my fears. It's sort of like, you know... The last while I've been trying to act like everything's normal and trying to act like life is somewhat coming together again with regards to COVID. But like, the only thing I can compare to is sort of like if you ever try and make things work with an ex after a breakup. It's very, very rare that it works out. There are certainly moments that mirror the ones you had before, but ultimately things have changed. Something toxic has occurred and resulted in a poison that has eroded all of the good times you had before. You can still be together in black and white, but the colour is gone. Do you know what I mean? Although on that, actually, I was out with some friends recently, and one of the couples there had just gotten back together after they had broken up. But they had broken up because of adultery. Okay? Can we address the awkwardness of what happens when a couple re-enters society as an ensemble when cheating has occurred? It's bananas, because everybody knows. Everyone ignores it and pretends it's not happening, but we all know, and everyone's afraid to address the sort of actual facts. So you sort of eventually go, oh, so you and uh, you and Graham got back together. Ah, sure, look, we had our issues, you know. He shagged somebody. Ah, relationships are hard, you know. His dick was hard. He had an investigative penis that resulted in a true crime. There had been adultery. He had cheated on you. Why are we all pretending like this? You know, it's not normal. So we have to do the live shows. I'm fucking terrified, but I'm over the moon. I'm excited. Let's go. I mean, that is not to suggest. All of that stuff about positivity and looking forward and intervening with your own happiness, that is not to suggest I'm not afraid. Absolutely not. The terror I have about doing the live shows is akin to that of a Chinese woman in 1980s Shenzhen being told by her physician that she's given birth to twins. It's a weird fear. is isn't exactly urgent, but it sort of comes in waves like an emotional tsunami which leaves only the crotch of my jeans wet. That's piss, lads. I'm talking about piss, right? I was on the phone to the promoter yesterday and he asked me how many venues I've done before and to my shame, I thought about lying and starting listing off places that didn't exist. 
panicking like a 13-year-old naming off the fictional people that you have kissed in Spain. You know, like the way in movies where you just sort of look around the room and start naming things you can see. Uh, A cigarette, a wet towel, a taxi. To say that his sigh was audible would be an understatement. I'm fucking frightened, lads, but it's going to be unbelievable. Ah, we're doing a third show. We're doing a third show. Let's go. Tickets on sale tomorrow morning, 9am. Let's fucking go. Everybody that didn't get tickets for the Friday and the Saturday, third show on the Sunday. Sunday, March the 13th. Let's go. Tickets on sale tomorrow, 9am. You know what to do. I'm fucking terrified. I need to stop naming. I can't just keep adding shows without having it written. Like, I need to write the fucking thing. Nevertheless, let's go. Another another one. Add another one. Throw in another one. I need to just stop. Put it on my tab. Another show. Another show. Third show, guys. Let's go. Tomorrow morning, tickets on sale. Monday, what day is today? Today is the 5th of December. Tickets on sale Monday, the 6th of December, 9am. Let's go. We've gotten the formalities out of the way. And I even forgot to mention Patreon. So please consider subscribing to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. If you haven't managed to get tickets to the live shows and you don't manage to get tickets to the final show, aka the Sunday one tomorrow, message me on Patreon. I'll see what I can do. Probably not much, but I'll try. And I'll have wooed you into the honey trap. But look, that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today, we are talking about the 1990s Irish estate, okay? The 1990s Irish estate. I, like many of you, grew up on one. I'm sure that that was evident from all of the content before. I'm quite clearly a boy who has spent many a summer on the green of an estate. Because the reason I prompted this was when I was doing some of those Instagram polls, it just brought me back to my childhood. And it made me think about just how bored we were. Do you remember the boredom of a summer? When you were a child and the the only activity you had was to go out on the green, you know, and just sit there basically and watch time unfold. Unless you were willing to sit around and wait, you know, for someone to do a gushy, you'd have to make up your own fun. For those of you unfamiliar, by the way, a gushy was when a child would take whatever was in their possession, sweets, football cards or secrets, toss them in the air like a gimp on their graduation with their hat and watch the chaos unfold. Limbs would be everywhere. It was the most wildly violent orgy one could, Im- could imagine, albeit fully clad. It was so boring sitting on that green. Exciting days were like bad pistachio nuts. You'd rarely come across them, but when you did, you'd fucking remember them. We were so bored. No wonder, by the way, if you think about it, no wonder we all touched each other's privates and drank cider before our balls dropped. We had nothing else to do. Anyone up for a game of curbs? Oh, cool, what's that? Well, the premise of the game of curbs is that you take a ball and try to hit it off a curb. Brilliant. Who invented that? Who invented that? The sheer mundanity of it all would turn any thinking child to the vodka or a summer of petty crime. 
You'd call for people. Do you remember that? Just call. Would we go call for some? You'd call for people and call for people on the estate until there were no more people to call for at all. And you'd have to accept the fact that this is it. This is all we have. This is the gang. We've got Eyebrows Doyle over there who never seems to not have a runny nose. We've got Brendan from the dodgy side of the state and there always was one, by the way. And then we've got Sean Oag you know, whose parents don't have traditional careers, but they recently put a hot tub in their front garden and got Sky Digital before anyone else. So they must be doing something right. That's the crew. Every estate in Ireland had one. When you're eight years old, you've just got to make do with what you've got. What are you up to today, Brendan? Well, actually, uh, I found this stick earlier and uh, I was sort of just planning on holding on to that for the day. Oh, nice. Are you going to uh, maybe repeatedly hit it off the side of that bin over there by any chance? If so, can I have a go? It's not a go. What do you mean a go? It's not Disney's Space Mountain or your brother's wife. You can't just have a go. I'm no child psychologist, right? But when you're hitting a stick off a bin and that's enough to, con- to be considered an activity, you know things must be bad. Buy the poor fuckers a PlayStation or get them a new jumper. Give them some excitement. We were so bloody bored. And then, of course, you've got the Tour de France of boredom. Yeah? We were talking about this in the Instagram polls. This is the real, this is the Olympics of having nothing to do. The premise of knickknacking. The game of knickknacking. Now, there's a number of different terminolo- terms for this game across the country of Ireland. Knickknacking, knickknocking, runaway knock, knock on dolly, knock a tara, suck my knock, knock nicking, all of these various names, but they're all the same thing. Okay, the premise of Nick knocking was effectively that you rang the bell, the doorbell of some unsuspecting house owner and then ran away with the frenzied speed of a celebrity flicking through their camera roll for a picture of them with Virgil Abloh. Do you know what I mean? Can we just think about this for a second? Nick knocking. If imagine for okay, imagine if Diego, the Spanish exchange student, had somehow ended up applying for citizenship after his summer in Irish college and ended up in a housing state in Cabantili. It's your job to explain to him what the hobbies and activities are of the average 8 to 12 year old. Well, so we've got this game called Nick Knocking. Okay, yes, Uh, how it works. Uh, Well, basically, Diego, your your English has gotten worse since Irish College, by the way. Um, Well, basically, you ring the doorbell of a house, yes, and then you run away, yes, before they answer the door. Okay, and then what happens? Uh, We laugh in a bush. We sort of just, uh, we find a bush laughing at it and that's, yes, and then uh, we, do it in, we do it to another house. Yes, but there are like 400 houses in this estate. Yeah, well, occasionally, you know, that's it. Every now and then you might get a lunatic with underlying rage issues who will chase us with a tennis racket or an unplugged kettle. But, you know, oh, that's petrifying. I suppose we ignore those houses. No, no, no. We target those houses. Okay, and then what happens? Then we go home. Yes, but how you win? Who wins? No, Diego, my man. Diego, nobody wins. Nick knocks. Diego, sit down for a second. Zip up your... Zip up. Diego, nobody wins. Nick knocks are much like the game of life, okay? It's all about the chase, the journey, the running from the issues you've created, you know? No wonder we've all got rip-roaring anxiety and a myriad of other mental health fucking ailments. From a very young age, we were getting conditioned to literally create a problem and then flee from it. We actually, by the way, we got knick-knacked the other day in my, in my house here. I actually felt sorry for the children, you know?
pathetic, like running away from their problems. I would have given them a chase too. But uh, no, I was too busy. I was tearing up my unopened bank statements and letters from my, you know, my therapist. So, Diego, what about you? What are your plans for the day? Well, uh, I've got a little bit of milk on the sides of my mouth from breakfast crusting over. So I may lick that occasionally. Otherwise, I am free. Uh, good stuff. Okay, Diego, well, look, just do us a favour. Keep your eyes peeled now for uh, the lads who live in the estate across the road. What? Are they our friends? No, 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 Diego. They are our enemies. But they only live one, like, across the street, right beside you. No, no, they are, they are our fucking enemies, Diego. If they come near the green, there'll be a huge issue. There'll be a fight. This is my, they are our sworn enemies, but they only live across the road. Maybe you probably have much things in common with them and maybe even go to the same schools and your parents probably know each other. Diego, you're not getting it. Okay, those guys are our enemies. Remember, they like the, the estate across the road, as if they were the world's worst people in the world. It's the Brennanstown Road, lads. It's not the Gaza Strip. We pro- maybe you have a lot in common. You could even, you know, be friends. No, Diego, you're not getting it. These are our enemies. Okay, I'll always remember. I remember one time we got into a brawl with the kids from across the road. Like, what was this? The hatred you had for the people who lived across the road in a house in, in a housing estate, by the way, that was built by the same fucking builder. You've got the same front doors, you know? There are sworn enemies. They came onto our turf one time, you know? And we got into a brawl with them. I remember at one point, in the middle of the violence and the chaos, you know, we were like eight or nine, so it wasn't that bad, but somebody probably had like a hurley or something. But... I remember in the middle of like throwing, you know, Furbies at people and like giving digs and all the rest. I remember punching some kid called Eamon. He was a good kid. I still went to speech and drama class with him. Do you know what I mean? It's absolutely tragic, the violence that occurred between, uh, you know, neighbouring housing estates. Poor little Eamon. That's when I had to get out of the game, honestly. Seeing his face. Poor little kid, like, he's got holes in his socks and his theories, just like the rest of us, okay? He wears hoodies and he never takes his hands out, fair enough. But you can't be lacerating the cheeks of a child you still do speech and drama with. He was due to play the LGBT shepherd in that year's nativity. Don't maim the man. Outrageous the violence that occurred between a po- Oh, those lads from the other estate. Oh, with their similar football jerseys. Same amount of hair and the exact same interests and knowledge, you know what I mean? Oh, if they bloody come over here, we will be violent with them. It's madness. It's absolute madness. The need for division from a very young age in life. Fucking neighbouring housing estates. Bloody assholes with, with their parents on the exact same pay scales as our parents. Oh, going to the exact same locations for holidays. Those fucking assholes. But have you never thought that you're perhaps extremely similar? I mean, the parents have maybe the exact same salaries because you live in the same socioeconomic area. You're same age, so you have similar size penis. I mean, you really have a lot in... Diego, you'll be on the first fucking flight back to Barcelona if you don't stop this cardology, okay? And I'm warning you now. I'm warning you, right? Lick that milk off the side of your fist. Pick up an... Or lips, rather. Pick up a knuckle duster. Jesus. And <laughs> let's go, Diego. But I'll always remember the time I took it too far.
I always remember the time, the day I got caught. It was a normal July afternoon. There was nothing going on. Somebody suggested a game of knick-knocks. Knick-knock-a-ding-dong. Knick-knock-a-roo. In order to impress the older kids of the estate, yeah, with their football jerseys, their bad language and armpit hair, I decided to up my game a little bit. Push the boat out a little further. We approached the house at dusk. The only sound in the air was bird song and the ringing alarm of a nearby car that had been left momentarily unattended. We moved in silence. The soles of our Sika runners pounded the pavements in unison. Some of us had lights on our feet. You know, the Sika ones with the... Others had to make do with their Velcro strips in crisscross. Nevertheless, we meant business. The plan was simple. Get in, get out. No funny business. There was about four of us in total. Rubber Tony led the charge, if I remember correctly. He was a little older than the rest of us. Coming in at about 13 years of age, with at least a handful of pubes under his belt, he was a seasoned knick-knocker. Some say there wasn't a door on the east side of the N11 that hadn't been wrapped with the sticky fists of Rubber Tony. By the way, his fists were sticky because he had a penchant for eating Roy of the Rover chewy bars, by the way. Not because his brother had brought him back a porn DVD when he went on pilgrimage to Medjugorje the year before. Next up was myself, an eight-year-old with a doughy disposition and a confusion of the existential sort. A chubby little miscreant, if the truth be told. Then we had Liam Oak, the type of guy who was always good with his hands and problem-solving, yet his parents would inexplicably force him to jump through the traditional educational hoops until he would eventually drop out in fifth year and spend the remainder of his teenage years and communion money squandering in a bookmaker's. But I digress. We approached the house at dusk, okay? And I broke the cardinal rule. We know what the cardinal rule when it comes to knock-knocking was. Never cross the threshold. Never go to the other side of the door. Right? You don't do it. So we rang the bell. But she was fucking quick. I swear to God, she was so quick. She got to the door before we managed to get away. And in one, what can only be described as a giant leap of ridiculousness, I decided to moon her when she answered the door. Mooning is when you take your arse out. But the thing is, Because I was a precocious little fucker, I was wearing denim jeans. So I could only get like the top of my arse out of my pants. It was like it all happened in slow motion. She just stood there asking me, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? But I just thought in the moment, I was like, this is what cool kids do. This is the way of the world. Robbie Williams shows his arse on stage at Nebworth. This is cool. So someone shouts, leggy, which means to run away. For all of you morons out there, right? So obviously I fleed, I ran, I split, okay? But I'm running down a stony path with my arse half out, trying to hide my face like Martin Cahill in The General, okay? Even though, by the way, I was definitely the only kid in the cul-de-sac with a Mr. Blobby Fleece and gelled up arm hair. That's a story for another time, a long story short. First time I got hair gel, I thought it would make me look more mature if I gelled up my arm hair. Wrestlers used to have shiny arms. Why can't I? I lost about two good jumpers to the cause. Namely, actually, a Gap hoodie my auntie had gotten me in Boston and a Goosebumps zippy I'd gotten for a subscription that I'd asked for from my parents for my ninth birthday. Those fucking hoodies your aunties would bring back for you from the States, by the way. Oh, you'll grow into it. I could insulate my flat with this, Maraid. It's the size of a fucking BMW 3 Series. Oh, I'm sure you'll grow in towards now. <laughs> the Elephant Man could use this as a swimming hat, Murray, nevertheless. So there I am, running down, like sort of hodling along down the drive path, driveway, with my fucking arse out. The next thing I just hear, Mark Megan, 
get back here now. So I have to, like, come back to her then, you know, walk down the steps. The other lads had made us. Diego's in the duty-free, okay, buying fucking overpriced smoked salmon and some Toblerone to bring back to the family in Barcelona. I'm now just walking back up to her. She goes, why are you doing this now? Just why are you doing this at all? And um, anyway, she ended up giving me mass grinds for, like, seven years and a blowjob. so much for listening to the Sunday Roast guys how's it going um, yeah just I really really cannot thank you enough I'm overwhelmed with the support uh, you've shown me and um, selling out two shows is just phenomenal obviously super excited to be announcing the third show as well on the Sunday which will be an actual Sunday Roast so don't stress do not fret if you haven't managed to get tickets to the Friday show or the Saturday show there is now a Sunday one uh, Monday the 6th of December on sale at 9am let's fucking go you're all doing well i hope you've had a good week and uh battening down the hatches for the most meaningful christmas you can uh, muster up but thank you so much please consider subscribing to the patreon patreon.com forward slash mark megan you're still going to be getting your extra shows your baby roasts and all things of the sort your support means the world to me look how far we've come I know I'm teetering on the edge of over-the-top sentimentality, but look how far we've come. Two years ago, I was in my bedroom, literally, you know, shouting at the world. I still am, by the way. Still very much am. And we've sort of lost a year due to a plague that has got the world in a vice-like grip. But here we are. We're selling out shows. It's fucking unbelievable. I'm so excited. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. It means the world to me. Especially everyone who's been here since the start. And actually the new people. Everyone is of equal. Thank you so much. Um, Have a great week. Follow me on Instagram at MeganMark. Patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. And will we do a Christmas Chronicles? (laughs) 